Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Praise God. Just, just remain standing for just a moment. Can you do that? Wow, 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 wow. Somebody better get this. I'm not going to set it on fire or something. I don't know. Wasn't that great worship? Praise God. I know this. We wouldn't be here this morning if it wasn't for our pastors, Pastor Cornelius and Judy Phillips. Don't ever honor a guest more than you honor your own pastor. Come on, somebody. Amen. Come on. Now, 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 listen to me. Wait, just stand up. Now, listen to me. I don't think you understand. I'm going to get in my car this afternoon and leave. When your baby gets sick, don't call me. I'll be somewhere else in the world. When your marriage is struggling, I won't be around to help you. Come on. When your daddy dies and you got to bury him, I won't be there. But this couple will be. Don't ever honor a guest more than you would honor your own pastors. Amen? Come on, make some noise and honor them in the presence of God. Now give somebody a high five. Say you're the best looking thing I've seen today and you can be seated. You can be seated. Praise God. I am so excited about being with you today. And actually, uh, I was telling Pastor Cornelius, uh, I've been in Indonesia for a month, and I have just praying about this day while I was in Indonesia, just about my time being with you. Uh, because I was here on June the 3rd of last year, and since then I've spent six months overseas uh, I've spent a month in Africa and uh, three or four months in Indonesia and seen some mighty things. And you were a part of that. And uh, in fact, uh, in Burundi last year, I was honored to be able to, to meet, speak to, speak with, speak for the, uh, the uh, vice president of Burundi and his cabinet and have a meal with him. I believe I have a picture. We, can we put those, that picture up? The first picture, there it is. And, uh, and I mean, I, I'm just a boy from Alabama. Come on, somebody. I, I was nervous. My knees weren't knocking. They were bypassing one another. And, and, and uh, God did some great things and began some great things there. I'm going to be going back next year. And then I flew from Burundi to the country of Cameroon where uh, I, wa I met, you can put up the next picture, where I met the prime minister of Cameroon. I was invited to speak in his cabinet. There is civil war going on in Cameroon. And they invited me to speak on problem solving because they wanted me to speak to the issues that were going on there. I'm just a preacher, everybody. But I was asked to speak in, the, in, that, in that public arena. Then was invited into his home and had a meal with him there. And then, and then, while I'm in Cameroon, they asked me 
me to preach a ladies' conference. Not a church conference. This was a professional women's conference where women speakers from Portugal, Dubai, New York City, all over Africa, India, and Asia, I was the only male speaker at the whole conference. There were professional women, political women, women from Congress, women that own their own businesses, women that work in Fortune 500 companies all over the world. Not only was I the only man speaker, I was the only white person there. Come on, somebody. It wasn't hard to pick me out. I said, I, said, I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not a woman. In fact, in fact I, I thought, what am I going to say to a bunch of women? And so the first thing I said was this. I was raised by a strong woman. I married a strong woman. We raised a strong woman. That's about all I know about women. <laughs> In fact, it wasn't a church conference and they told me I couldn't preach. In fact, they told me what they wanted me to speak about. I was the keynote speaker, the only male. Keynote speaker speak three times. The main sessions, they told me what to speak on each time. Well, why did I agree to do it? I'm a preacher of the gospel. Because they told me this. They said, if you will do this at the end of each one of your sessions, you can share your faith with these 450 women. I, it was on like a chicken bone when they told me that. I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about as long as I can talk about Jesus. And I was able to share Jesus Christ. Over 80 women gave their heart. Matter of fact, I got it. There I am. Over 80 women gave their heart to Jesus. Four of them were congresswomen. Two of them were Muslim congresswomen. One of those women got my, my WhatsApp. That's like, uh, uh, that's like a, a text message, but it's a world text message. Got my WhatsApp number, and she texts me later. I got a picture of her, and she said, I want to tell you that my husband has accepted my new faith, and I'm growing in grace and in the knowledge of God. Come on, everybody. And you were a part of that. You were a part of that. Then I flew to Indonesia and I spoke at a church there. In fact, when I went in August of last year, the church was trying to break 500. I just got back from there and the church is trying now to break 1,000 because since August of last year, they've grown 500 people. In, in three and a half months, we saw over 600 people come to a saving experience of Jesus Christ. These are Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists. These are Malaysians, Indonesians, Indians, Chinese, Singaporeans, Afghani, Iran, Iranians, Syrians, Iraqis that are giving their heart to Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. I got one more picture. 
This is a, a Muslim that I prayed with. The, the man with the shawl on him brought him to me because he couldn't speak English. And he said, this man, he's in Iraq. He said, he wants to accept Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. I prayed with him. He accepted Christ. And as soon as he quit praying, he looked at his interpreter and he told him this. And he, he interprets to me. He says, his name is Muhammad. He wants you to give him a new name. I said, I don't know what to name him. And I just bowed my head and I thought, I'm going to give him the name of Daniel. Because Daniel lived in a foreign country, in a godless nation. But God raised him up in a godless nation. Amen, somebody? You were a part of all of that. And it's still going on. Now, I, I'm doing all of that simply because I wanted to do two things. I wanted to give you a report. And then I wanted to tell you that in every one of those situations, I was over my head. Over my head. I mean, I mean, since then, I've spoke at three women's conferences. Every time, I'm scratching my head wondering, why am I speaking at women's conferences? I was over my head. I was scared, and I was, I was de dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And the reason I'm telling you that is I've preached here several times through all the years, many times. But I'm telling you that today I am as nervous as I was sitting with the vice president of Burundi or the prime minister of Cameroon. And here's why. I've been preaching 42 years. 42 years. I pastored one church for 29 years. I've been to 46 countries of the world. But I know the difference in just showing up and preaching. I know the difference when God has orchestrated something that is bigger than I am. That really I had nothing to do with. In fact, in fact, I am here, Pastor, not just because you invited me. It really wasn't your idea. It was God's. And I'm really here this morning because of the intercession that has been going on in this region for a long, long time. And I know that about myself today. And therefore, therefore I tremble. Now, it doesn't matter. Don't, don't get sideways on me. But when George Bush II took his second term in office, and he made his great address that day, accepting the presidency for the second time. He made a statement. Few people caught it, but it stuck out to me. He said, I believe we are at a, at a time set apart. I believe today, McCullough Christian Center, we are at a time set apart. We are at a time set apart. An unusual time. A time that has been on the calendar of God for a long time. It's not new to God. In fact, the, one of the last things I said to you here is, is God, we, we preachers say this all the time. God's getting ready. God's getting ready. How many times have you heard preachers say that? God's getting ready to do this and God's getting ready to do that. No, no, we've all been wrong. God, God is never getting ready to do anything. God has always been ready. God knows the exact time on his calendar. 
The only thing God is getting ready is you and I. God has been getting you and I ready where he could do what he always has planned to do. And by the by the presence of God and by the purposes of God, some reason, just like me speaking at a woman's conference, I have no clue why God chose me to be here today, but I know that I know that I know we are in a time set apart. In fact, in fact, I love the way the first line of the, the, the second song opened up about a season. Look at everybody and say, a season. A season. We're in a new season. How many's ever heard that before? That's nothing new. Come on. Come on. Nothing new. I run every morning. Turn with me in your Bible to Psalm chapter 92. Quickly, don't take my time. We'll put it up in a minute. Don't put it up yet. But I run every morning. I'm preparing for a 5K at 59 years old. Don't ask me why. So every morning between 6 and 6.30, I go running. And, and I've been running all summer long. The average temperature when I start my run is between 75 and 77 degrees. I check it every morning. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. One morning, it was 76 degrees. The next morning, I walked out of my house at 6.15 and it was 57 degrees. What change? I, I know that we know we're, we're on the edge of a season change. And, 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 you know, they've got it all marked out when that season changes. But let me tell you something. They're not as smart as they think they are because it's already started. I don't know when it started. I, I don't know what time of the night that the season actually changed. But we're already in fall, everybody. I, I know they're going to tell you when it is, but we're already there because the season has already changed. You don't always know when a season changes. It takes you a little while to catch up with what's happening. But you'll catch up in a hurry. You'll close your pool and quit swimming in it. Come on, somebody. Labor Day, your water, tomorrow your water will be colder than it's been all year long. Come on. I want you to understand we are in a season change at McCullough Christian Center. A season change. And if you can handle this and not get mad at me, if you can handle this, there's been a fracture, a fault in this house for a long, long time. Don't look at me like that. Don't get mad at me. I didn't do it. I'm just telling you. That's like getting mad at the doctor because he told you what's wrong with you. Come on, look at me. Smile. It's good. It's good. I'm not here to correct you. I'm here to direct you. Come on, everybody. If you're on the wrong road, don't you want somebody to tell you how to get on the right one? Come on, somebody. Huh? There's been a fault and a fracture for a long time in this house. A long time. Years upon years upon years upon years. Upon years. And what God has been doing in the last few months is God has been healing that fracture. 
When you have a fracture, I, I have a friend, he's in his 70s. They bought a new house when, when they retired in their 60s. And, and they were in that brand new house for about two years and suddenly cracks started showing up. And the cracks got bigger and the cracks got bigger. And they, they had to call engineers out and they found out the whole foundation was shifting and cracking because underneath the ground, underneath the ground, there had been a fracture underneath the ground. And they didn't know it. They had dug a long way. But sooner or later, that fracture began to move the whole foundation. And they would jack it up and they would put more cement in there. And then in another year, cracks would begin to show until eventually the builder, who didn't have to do this, but because he was a godly man, came back and bought the house back and tore the house down. This is why. Because he knew that house will never be right as long as that fracture is underneath you can paint it you can prop it you can fill it but as long as that fracture is there and it's shifting every time you get it fixed and looking good something begins to happen but listen to me, McCullough Christian said, what, what, is, what is the fault? What is the fracture? I don't know. That's none of my business. I'm just passing through telling you what's going on right now. But let me tell you what's been happening. God has been filling that fracture, not filling gaps, not painting, not filling, filling up uh, a sheep rock with putty and paste. No, God has went all the way back down to the foundation, and God is filling the fracture where the fracture can't shift anymore and what you have felt and what you have thought has been a decrease has really been God filling the foundation because now God is going to begin to build and the building is not going to shift and the building is not going to shake and it's not going to fall apart again. Come on, somebody. Now, I don't expect everyone in this room to understand that because some of you are new. But I expect some of you to understand God is filling the fracture. Everybody say, filling the fracture. Come on, look. <laughs> look at somebody and say, I feel it. I feel what he's filled. Glory to God. I got to preach. You know, everybody knows this. I know this is Sunday morning, but I'm a guest. If you are a first-time guest today, come back next Sunday. You'll hear some good preaching. You, you need to hear the pastor. I'm a guest. I'm passing through. And though, though I can't do what your pastor can do, you're not here by accident today. And your pastor... You know this by now. Your pastor's not just a pastor. He's apostolic. But your pastor has had to take on. And this is, this is what apostles do. That's why they're the thumb on the hand. They can fill any position. They can fill any position that's needed in the house. And what has been needed has been the office of a prophet. I believe there is a prophet in the house. Man, I'm going to tell you, I'm fixing to shake this place up. I'm sorry, I'm fixing to shake it up. I'm just going to shake it up, and then I'm going to leave Pastor Corn with all the mess. I'm going to leave him with the mess. It's like William Wilberforce said, the great man who began to eradicate Europe of racism. He said this. He said, you can choose to do nothing. 
but you will never be able to say again that you didn't know. I'm telling you today, McCullough Christian Center, you can choose not to accept what I'm going to say, but after today, you'll never be able to say you didn't know. I'm going to tell you something. This lady has a prophetic gift in her life. And I told you this back last year. But see, we're, we're too religious. We are too religious. And so we get hung up on Google and on the Baptist church and on everybody else that doesn't recognize women in ministry. And, and I just need to tell you this. If you'll read your Bible and quit reading Facebook, some of you put more trust in Facebook than you do in the Word of God. I'm not preaching to somebody else. I'm not preaching to those that didn't make it today. And by the way, I, I want to just tell you, this was your Sunday to, to be out and nobody would have thought anything. But you radical bunch of people came on Sunday of Labor Day. Come on, give yourself a hand. I mean, you could have got away with it and nobody would have thought anything today. So it's not by chance. But if you'll read Galatians chapter 3, the Bible says once we accept Christ, he's not talking about in the home. He's not talking about in the home. There's an order for the home. He's talking about in the kingdom of God. He says there is not male and female. You are all sons of God. Listen, ladies, you are the son of God. You are not a daughter of God. You are not a daughter of God. The Bible never calls you a daughter. The Bible says once you accept Christ, you are a son of God. And for all of us guys, we are the bride of Christ we are not the groom of Christ we are the bride of Christ why because in the body of Christ there is neither male nor female now listen to me I'm going to tell you this because I love you my name's Frankie and I'm your friend I'm for you I'm not against you I can't do my normal thing I can't I can't perform today Listen to me, I've, I've got to give you this word. It's too important in your life. It's too important in mine. When I get in my car and start down the road, I want to hear well done. I don't care if you clap or not. I don't care if you shake my hand or not. I want to hear well done when I get in my car. But you're, ha you're struggling accepting her as a prof prophet. They're all in the Bible. They're, even in the New Testament, Philip had four daughters who were prophets. Listen to me, get over yourself. And get the word of God. Let, listen, the tradition of men. I want to tell you how, how strong what your mom and daddy told you and what your grandma and grandpa told you. Now listen to me. Not everything they said was wrong, but tradition is so strong that even Jesus said your tradition has made the word of God ineffective in your life. Jesus said that. Not Frankie. Jesus said, smile at me or I'm going to think I'm preaching to you. If you don't smile at me, I'm going to know I'm preaching to you. By the way, your, your pastor has been operating in the office of a prophet. That's why the rain's coming. Because you've, you, you've stepped into the office of a prophet. And see, what followed Elijah after he dealt with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel? What was the next thing that happened? Rain began to come. And, and, and your 
your pastor as a prophet has had to step in and start speaking to things and, and you're seeing him in a different light and you're going to continue to see him in a different light. And let me help you understand why. Because this man is a meek man. This man has the fruit and the character of meekness in his life. What has happened for years, what has happened for years is people have taken advantage of his meekness and thought it was weakness. Even his own self has not seen himself as he fully is because of the meekness in his life. Even the enemy has tried to use his meekness against him. But as God has begun to raise the prophetic gift in him, his meekness is no longer weakness. And he is dealing with and addressing spirits of intimidation, manipulation, and domination. And that fault is being filled by the spirit of God. And the gift of the prophet has set in the house. And it's dealing with it. And you're feeling the effects of it. Good and bad. You feel a shaking. But the shaking is not destroying the shaking is filling so that the house can be established and become everything that God intended it to become. In fact, Isaiah 54, 17, we stop short, but I speak this word into your life right now. Isaiah 54, 17 says, everybody knows this part. No weapon. Come on, say it out loud with me. No weapon. Come on. Come on, everybody knows it. That's only half the verse. That's only half the verse. That's only half the verse. No weapon stand against, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the children of the Lord. And this is the righteous reward. I'm telling you, Pastor, it's a new season. And I somehow I got chosen to be here today for the clock to turn over for the season to change it's a new season it's a season of power it's a season of prosperity Quit agreeing with the label over you, Rye, over Atmore, over Escambia, over Monroe County. It's not a depressed area. This is a place of prosperity. This is a place of power. This is a place of anointing. I hear the Spirit of God saying this to me over and over and over again. Some of you are going to grab this. Some of you are going to have a pure spirit to grab it. But you need to begin to say, money cometh to me. And when it does, I'm going to push it out. Money cometh to me. And when it does, I'm going to push it out. Say it with me. Money cometh to me and when it does I'm going to push it out. Money cometh to me and when it does I'm going to push it out. God is realigning your priorities. God is getting your heart where he can bless you. He's always wanted to bless you but his blessing would have been a burden. His blessing would have destroyed you but God's been purifying and getting this place ready so he can do what he's always wanted to do and that is bless his people. This place is about to become a storehouse of the treasures of God and the, the weak and the weary and the lonely and the helpless and the hopeless and the hurting and the broken and the forsaken and the abused and the abandoned are coming looking for a light that shines in the midst of the darkness and they're going to limp in and they're going to crawl in and they're going to be wheeled in but they're going to rise up and they're going to find their purpose and their destiny and they're going to walk out like giants a, a mighty army a mighty army that God intended for this place many years ago many years ago and you ought to thank your God that he chose your backside to be sitting in a pew or a chair today to hear this message 
It's not because we're so great. It's because God is so great. And he has allowed us to be a part of his plan. I hadn't started preaching yet. Glory to God. Now listen to me. Listen to me. This gift is going to operate until some things are set in order. Everybody say order. order. Come on, everybody. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Some, some of you, not, not bad. I'm not, I'm not being ugly to you. Some of you, not bad. But, but some of you, you, you know, your faith is wavered, and, and you're always looking at people for the problem because this is what you keep saying. Well, why, just, why is it just not working? Why, why does it, we go up so far, we go back down, we go up so far. Why is it just not working? Why, why does it not? Listen, if you walk up to a Coca-Cola machine and it's not working, they don't put a sign on that Coca-Cola machine that says it's not working. What do they put, what, what kind of sign do they put on that Coca-Cola machine? What, what, what does it say? Out of, out of order. Because when something's out of order, it's out of order. It ain't working. I'm not talking about people. I'm not, I'm not, listen, listen, listen to me. I'm talking about things have been out of order for a long time. Never dealt with. Never dealt with. And the anointing of the prophet is risen upon this man, and he's beginning to deal with him in his meekness and in his grace, but in a new strength and a new anointing. Come on, somebody. You're hearing him in his preaching. You're watching him. Come on, listen to me, everybody. Come on. New isn't always wonderful. That's why you still got them house shoes you've had for 20 years. Come on. Come on. You know what I'm telling you. New isn't always a blessing. New isn't always a blessing. If you believe it is, just try to change your brand of peanut butter. Good example. Well, you need all natural. Have you tasted all natural? Uh-uh. Give me my jiffy, baby. <laughs> I don't care how unnatural it is. It is good. Can I read the word to you? That anointing is going to operate for a while, and then it's going to move back to her. And it's going to be up to you. It's going to be up to you then. It's going to be up to you. You may, you may not do anything about it, but after today, you cannot say you didn't know it. And if you'll read Galatians 3, you can see it in the Word for yourself. Because the foundation of the church was built on the apostles and the prophets. And that's what needs to be structured and in order in the foundation of this house. It's not titles and positions, and, it, and it's not to wear rings and be kissed, and, and it's not to have entourages to follow you around. How many times have you ever pulled up in a parking lot of a beautiful building, beautiful building, new building, beautiful building, and got out and went looking at the foundation? Have you ever done that? No, you haven't. The foundation of the church is on the apostle and prophet. Come on, I need a better amen. Here's, here's my sermon. I got to hurry. 
Look at somebody and say, don't take his time. Are you in Psalms 92? What's happening right now at McCullough Christian Center is a response. Is Satan's response to God's purposes for this house. Let me say it again. What's happening right now is Satan's response to God's purposes in this house. Don't you ever underestimate what's happening in your life is Satan's response to what God's purpose for you is. Don't, don't get so distracted and so caught up in the natural. Can I just bring this down? Because if I don't, I won't never get to it. And, and let me help you right now. If you get too quiet, if you get too quiet, I get real comfortable and I'll preach a long time. But if you get loud, I'll hurry up and I'll get through in a hurry. So it's up to you. Years and years and years and years and years and years ago in the 1800s, plagues were wiping out entire families, entire communities, entire tribes, entire cities of people. They, they didn't even know what they were. In fact, in fact, because of these plagues, these fevers, these bubonic plague, they, they thought it was the judgment of God on them. Because it would spontaneously come and, and sweep through an entire family or an entire community. They called it spontaneous generation. They thought it was just spontaneous. They didn't know what to do. They would try to isolate people. And in the late 1800s, scientists discovered what we now take for granted every day called the germ theory. Everybody say germ theory. Okay, ladies, okay, ladies, how many of you have this little bottle in your purse? How many of you has got this little bottle in your purse called antibacterial? Come on, raise your hand. I'm going to out you this morning. Come on, how many of you? Come on, raise them up high. Come on, raise them up high. Yeah. Yeah, my wife walks around like this. She won't touch an escalator handrail. She wants me to touch the rail and her hold my arm. Why do you do that? Because now you understand that on the surface of this pulpit, on that handrail, on the elevator button, on the table you're going to eat at today when you leave here, there are unforeseen microbiotic germs and those germs can cause disease and that disease can spread from one person. It's not the judgment of God. It's called the germ theory. But now we know how to wipe it down, how to disinfect it, how to carry our antibacterial cleanser in our pockets. We know how to control it. Listen to me. Don't you ever think it is natural what is going on in your life right now. There is an unseen world, a demonic world, and the devil hates what he sees God wants to do in your life. He sees the purpose of God. He sees the plan of God. He knows what God has for this house and he is fighting it, but the Bible says greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Now, none of that has to do with my sermon. Here's my sermon. Psalms 92, verse 10. 
I just want to read the second half of it if I can. Just the second half of it. And I hope you got your Bible open because I want you to see it. I don't know what translation you're in. I'm going to read the New King James Version. It says this right here. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. Everybody say that last line out loud with me. I. Come on, everybody say it again. I. Say it one more time. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. This is why I'm so nervous. This is part two. Now, to understand this verse, to understand this verse and put it in its proper perspective, you, you have to go back to the beginning of the chapter in your Bible. Look, look, if you've got your Bible open, now I don't know if you turn your Bible on or not. If you do, it may not be in your turn on Bible, but in your open Bible. At the beginning of Psalms 92, does it say something at the beginning? Does it say something at the beginning? Put, 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 huh? Put that up. I think I gave that to you. Put that up. A psalm or a song for the Sabbath day. In other words, in other words God gave Israel these certain songs they, they, they had called, some psalms are called psalms of ascent because they all went to church together at the same time. And the, and the tabernacle and then the temple was on a hill. So they would walk up that hill together, worshiping God, the dancers and the, and the tambourines, and each tribe went in order. And they, so they, God gave them certain songs to sing as they went to the house of God, and then songs of descent, certain songs to sing as they came out. And then he gave them certain psalms that were to be sung when they gathered on the Sabbath day day on the sabbath day listen to me listen to me I, i'm not smart enough to do this everybody i'm not smart enough to do this i, I wish i'd have thought of it i wish i'd have thought this up myself this is labor day weekend it's kind of like a sabbath weekend isn't it but i, I didn't think about that until I, I got here in the church and began to realize i'm i'm preaching from a sabbath song now let me let me just explain what a sabbath everybody understand Sunday's the first day of the week. Sunday is not the last day of your weekend. That, that's why you're not seeing the effect of Sunday in your life. You, in your mind and in your heart, your faith is this is the last day of your weekend. No, 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 no. This is the first day of your week. And if you'll understand you're putting God first on the first day of your week, it'll change your week. Quit looking at Sunday as the last day of your weekend. Shift your thinking. Shift your faith. Come on, look at somebody and say shift. Shift your thinking. Let me tell you what a Sabbath is. A Sabbath was the, what came every Saturday. And this is what, this is what you need. It, it just marked, Sabbath marked the end of the week. Or the end of a specific time or season. The Sabbath was a day they were to shut everything down and pause and stop and look back. And they're in the house of God 
on the Sabbath day in this pause, marking the end of a season of their life. It may have been a good season. It may have been a prosperous season. Or it may have been a rough season. It may have been a season of fighting. It may have been a season of harvesting. It may have been a season when their crops had been eaten and their crops had been destroyed. I don't know what kind of season it was. I don't know what kind of season you have been through personally. But I sense what kind of season this house has been through. But here's the word of the Lord on Labor Day Sunday. This is the word of the Lord. The end of that season is over. We are here in the house of God and it's a Sabbath in the seasons. Today, today, September the 1st, 2019 marks the end of a specific season of time. It's over, it's over, it's over. You may have fought, you may have struggled, you may have even lost, you may have even lost, you may have even lost. But God said, once you get them in there and let them look back and say, oh yeah, I lost this. We've lost this. We've lost people. We've lost finances. We've lost leadership. We've lost this. I've lost my family. I've lost this. But... I made it and I'm standing in the house of God and I don't know what all happened this last season. I can't explain it. I can't answer it all but I've got a promise from God. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. This season didn't destroy me. This season didn't conquer me. This season didn't kill me. I made it, and I made it out. I'm not a prisoner of my past. I'm not looking back anymore. I've made it to the Sabbath day, and that season is over. What I thought, what I thought was destroying me. Let me, let me, I need to help you right quick. I gotta hurry. Don't ever think a birthday party brought you here. Don't ever think a birthday party brought you here today. Don't ever think that. Don't ever think it. Don't you think your husband got you here today? Don't think because you're visiting family this weekend and they come here, you had to come. God ordered your steps today. He wanted to tell you it's a new season. He knows you've suffered. He knows you've lost. He knows you've struggled. He knows you've had to fight, but you've made it. You made it. Come on, look at somebody and say, you made it. My God, I got to hurry. Let me just tell you two or three things right quick. I'm just going to tell them to you. Write this down. Some of you need to write this down. The word fresh means recently made or obtained. Recently made or obtained. Not previously used or known. Listen to me. We're talking about anointing here. We're talking about anointing here. We're talking about an anointing that you've never walked in before. We're talking about a previously obtained anointing. We're talking about anointing that's been unused in your life up until this time. That's what the word fresh means. Unused until this moment. Not faded. Not previously experienced. Up to date. Everybody shout up to date. I know some of you struggling right now. You said I ain't anointed. Bless your little religious heart. If somebody's got to tell you whether you are or you aren't, you aren't. 
Come on, somebody. Just hang with me. I'm not against you. I'm for you if you'll listen to me. If you'll put your religious frustration aside, quit looking at how short I am and how I talk. I don't say I'm about to. I don't even say I'm fixing to. Where I come from, we say I'm thinner. Put up with it. Jesus used a donkey. If he used a donkey, he can use me. Come on, somebody. You know this is not me. With that introduction, I wanted to really impress y'all today. But, here, but here's what I want. And, and, and I mean this. When I leave, I don't want you to think about Frankie Powell. When I leave, I want you to think about the anointing of God. Now, now listen to me. God wants to give you an anointing that you've never used before. It's not dissipated. Which, which means, if, if you need a new one, it, it means something about the old one. Something's gotten old in your life. Faded. Dissipated. Boy, y'all getting quiet on me now. Up to date. It's out of date. Your anointing is great, but it's out of date. I'm a poet and the world don't know it. I can make a rhyme anytime. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Up to date. I don't, I don't even know. I'm, I'm, you know, I have a MacBook now, and, and I don't know with Facebook and all that, but, you know, early, in the early days on your computer, you had a refresh button. Y'all, anybody remember the refresh buttons? You still have them. You just don't call them refresh buttons. You, you look at Facebook a while, and then you rip back to the front. Why? Why do you rip back to the front? You're refreshing it. You, you're refreshing it because... By now, if you've been looking at it 15 minutes, by now what you've got is out of date. It's not fresh because it's updating constantly. Do you understand? God wants to update some things in your life. God wants to update some displays in your life. What you're looking at is what, what he used to do in your life. What you're looking for is what he once did in your life. God's wanting to update the vision of MCC. God's wanting to update the vision of every person in this house. God wants to update the display and refresh what he's doing now. God says quit looking at what he's done. The reason you're missing what God is wanting to do is you're looking for it in what he's done. I just need to inform you of something. I, I know I did it. I did it 450 times. I did it as a pastor. We had Jericho marches. Anybody ever been in a Jericho march before? I mean, I mean, I don't know why we did it. I don't know. We were walking around inside a building. We didn't want our walls to fall. There was only one wall of Jericho experience. There was only one. They didn't take another city by walking around the walls. But see, we keep trying to do what we used to do to see what God wants to do. Now I need to help you. Here's why God wants to do something new in your life. Listen to me. Here's why God wants to do something new in your life. If what he's already done would have worked, you wouldn't need something new. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Now, now I need to, I need to, I need to, 
I need to say a couple of things here. This is what God wanted me to tell you, because I, I hope I got you now where you're almost mad at me. God is not saying you weren't anointed. And he's not saying that your anointing was no good. This is what God is saying. You were anointed, and it was to get you where you are. But that anointing that got you where you are cannot take you where he's wanting you to go. And if you keep trying to do and be and see what you did, you're never going to get to what he wants to do. I entitled this message, I guess I should tell you now, a fresh anointing for a new season. Part two, part two, part two, part two. Listen to me. Here's why some of us are so frustrated. Here's why some of us are so frustrated. We're trying to enter a new season with an old anointing. With old habits, old mindsets, old ideologies, old revelations, old revelations, old revelations. We're trying to spit it out and do what we did 13 years ago when it worked for us. And God says, I'm an ever-expanding, ever-increasing God. That got you to where you are. It was a good enough. I anointed you to help you accomplish what you've accomplished. But that anointing is outdated. It's dissipated. It was for that season. But I have a new, fresh anointing for a new season in your life. Now, a couple of things and I'm going to shut up because I know what else I want to do. Is it Labor Day weekend? How many of you is off tomorrow? Let me see your hand if you're off tomorrow. Out of school. Oh, good. I got all day. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm, teasing. I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm just picking at you. You do not pick olives. Do you know that? You don't pick olives. You, you do not harvest olives by picking them. The only way you pick olives, the only way you harvest olives is you pick them off the ground. But the way you get them off the tree is you shake the tree. Now, now watch, watch. Fresh anointing, anointing, don't, don't get hung up on that word, anointing. Because all that word means, means the rubber to smear. That's all it means. Look it up in your Bible. You've heard all them sermons on anointing. Come up here, I'm going to give you my anointing. That's not true. There's no such thing. If it, it, number one, it's not my anointing. It's his anointing. And number two, what's not mine, I can't give to you. And number three, it's my anointing. It won't fit you. Come on, I need a better amen. It won't fit you. Are you ready? The only way to get fresh oil for a fresh anointing is you got to go through a shaking. Can we all just put our hand up and say, thank God for shaking? See, you thought the shaking was the devil trying to destroy. It was God trying to anoint you with something new in your life. And the only way you get that oil out of that olive 
is to press it. Everybody say pressure. Everybody say pressure. I'm preaching to you. Everybody say pressure. See, see, we feel pressure. We start speaking in tongues and binding the devil. All pressure is not the devil. Sometimes God is pressing us so that he can get the richness of the anointing in our life to surface in our life. Now, now listen to me. Listen to me. You heard me say anointing, is, is, it, it's, it's, it just means to rub or to smear. That's all it means. That's an, I'm anointing him right now. Now, if I got some oil, I'd be anointing him with oil. But the anointing just means to rub. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'll do it to mine. I can do it to you. Can I do it to you? Just means to rub or smear. That's all it means. Just means to rub or smear. Listen to me. Here's the thing I want you to understand. The oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is not so much about what, it's who. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me. Not a man, but the Lord. Everybody say, the Lord's anointing. In, in the Old Testament, Psalms 133, and I'm closing this part of the service. I'm not finished. It says, unity is like the anointing on Aaron. Everybody say on Aaron. Unity. Everybody say unity. Do you, do you know Unity. Do you, know, do you know how powerful unity is? It's the only thing in the Bible that God ever said he was concerned about. In the Tower of Babel, God said, they are so unified, I'm concerned that if I don't stop them, watch, they're not talking about unity with God. God says just their unity they will do anything they put their mind to. What if we get unified with God? It's like the anointing that flowed down Aaron's beard, his head, all the way down. Starts on the head. Starts on the head. Starts on the head. Starts on the head. David said, he anointeth my head with oil. Starts on the head. Watch this, watch this. Flowed down his garments all the way to the very hem of his garments. Isn't that what it says? To the very end of the garment. Which it means it doesn't matter where your place is. You don't have to be on the platform to be anointed. You, you, don't, you don't have to be in the sound booth. You don't have to have a title or a position. You can be anointed parking cars. You can be anointed rocking babies. You can be anointed praying in the, in the prayer time before the service starts. You can be anointed on your job. You can be anointed in your home. You can be anointed in the midnight hour. You can be anointed early in the morning because if you are in order if you are in order 
Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. In order for the oil to get from the head to the hem, it has to be in line. I don't care if you don't like it. I'm leaving. God said if you'll position yourself under your pastor, everything that comes on your head, everything that comes on your pastor will come to you. The same anointing that is on your pastor, it just has to be in order. And if it's in order, it's working. Everybody say it's working. Look at somebody and smile and say it'll work if you work it. Well, I'm so tired of preachers coming in. I, I ain't paying no attention. Go ahead. Go ahead and live dry and crusty. You're so crusty, you creak when you walk, and people know it. If you want to know where you're crusty, if you want to know if you're crusty, do you really want to know? Do you really want to know? Here's how you know. When you get in your car, don't throw a fit. Don't throw a fit. Ask your family. And if, if they're not afraid to tell you the truth, they can tell you if you're crusty or not. Come on, I need a better amen. I'm telling you, it's a new season. But you cannot enter this new season doing the same old things with the same touch, with the same prayer life, with the same worship life, with the same giving life. Here's why God wants to give you a fresh anointing, sir. He wants your family members. He wants your crusty, rusty uncles and aunts. He wants your drug-addicted nephews, your stripping nieces. I'm telling you, God wants to sow you into this region. I told Pastor this last night. I got to tell you, the, sp the minute I drove into this region, I began to sense the Spirit of God is brooding like a hen on a nest over this entire region. You know what a hen does when it broods on a nest? An egg that you, that you scramble, an egg that, that's just runny, oh, yolk and white and yellow. That's all it is. But if that hen sits on it long enough, Something will begin to form. And here's what the Spirit of God told me about your family. About your family. The one you think will never come to. You're sitting there saying, you don't know my family. No, I don't. But I know my God. I may not know your boss, but I know your God. I may not know your spouse, but I know your God. I may not know your parents, but I know your God. I may not know your children, but I know your God. I may not know the mayor. I may not know the principal. I may not know the superintendent. I may not know the owner of the company but I know my God and God said the spirit of the Lord has been brooding over this region listen 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 you don't see it for a long time brother see, you're, you're going by what you see you're, 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 you're saying well I ain't seen anything I ain't heard anything no 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 it's been happening in the nest of the brooding of the spirit of God but here's what the spirit of God told me about this place about this city about this region about your family your family God told me this about your family He's been brooding. 
and you can't even see it. In fact, they're getting more ornery and more rebellious. You know why? Because the Spirit's brooding and something's happening in them. And they're becoming more discontented. They're becoming hungrier. They're, they're, they're aching on the inside. You think it's the devil. It's the Holy Spirit working in their life. And God says, you, you are not anointed to help them right now. They've already seen the anointing you've been walking in. You need a fresh anointing for a new season. And this is what the Spirit of God told me. Your family, in the next three to four months, your family is going to start. What time do y'all start? It's going to scare you to death. You're going to think to yourself, well, why are you asking? And then somebody's going to have to struggle with pride. Oh, my God, I hope they don't tell nobody I'm their brother. I hope they I'm telling you, God is fixing to start bringing your family. Not, listen, listen, listen. Don't you want this church to grow? Don't you want souls to be saved? Don't you? How many of you have been praying for that? Now, listen to me. Do you think God wants to answer your prayer by saving somebody else's son? somebody else's niece God's heard your prayers and he wants to save your family and they're going to start coming into this place and you're going to see families change for the glory of God but you're not ready for it 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 but today is a Sabbath not only did they look back and say, thank God we made it. Come on, everybody. Everybody do this right here. Psh, I'm glad that's over. But on the Sabbath, they also looked ahead and said, it's a new day. I don't know what this week's going to bring. I don't know what God has in this new season. I don't know where he's going to take me. I don't know what places he's going to put me in. He may put me preaching at a women's conference or in the presence of a prime minister. I don't know what it's going to hold. But I know one thing, when I get there, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Stand to your feet all over this room. Move this podium for me right quick, guys. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Honey, you're a well digger. Come here just a minute. Come here just a minute. You're a well digger. Glory to God. Can I get somebody to, I have to be careful. I, I, I always say this wrong. I'll say tinkle on the keys. I don't want you to tinkle on them. I want somebody to play them. <laughs> I, you're a well digger. Digging wells is not easy. But you, but you know if you stick with it, what's coming out. See, see the, well, the well is not for you. This, this is what we do in missions a lot of times. We, we go and we pay to dig a well in a village. We don't do that just for that village, just so that village has water. What we know is wherever the well is, people will come from all over the jungle to get fresh water. You're a well digger. You need to understand two things. Some of the wells you're digging are not new wells. Someone already dug them, and the enemy filled them in. 
And God brought you here to redig those wells. But you also need to understand there are some new wells never been dug before. You redig a well a lot different than you dig a new well. And God said to tell you, you've been digging old wells, you've been redigging them. But he needs a fresh anointing because he wants to take you into a new arena, into a new avenue, into a new dimension. In, in, listen to this, into new mechanics even of how you're going to do it. You've always done it one way because that's what worked. And it did. And it was great. And, it, and you were anointed. But that was for then. There's something new God's wanting to take you into. And it's going to take a fresh, an up-to-date, a never-experienced-before anointing. Glory to God. Just stand there for a minute. Stand there for a minute. Pastor, I, I want you and, and Pastor Judy to come stand at the front right here. If you will, just come and stand right in the middle, right smack in the middle. Now listen to me. You need, you need to understand. I'm, I'm in a new uh, dimension right now. I'm over my head. I need a fresh anointing. See, I've been, I've been preaching 42 years. I've done all of these things, and that's great. But I got some things in front of me I've never done before. And I need something new. I may have to change my mind about some things. I may have to let go of some of my petty preferences. Do you hear me? I, I, I'm going to let you out on time. But do you hear me? Some of you are so hung up on your preferences. I don't like that music. I don't like to sit there. I don't like the way that looks. It ain't all about you. Hey, hey it's not about you. Do you understand that? It's not about you. It's not about you. Here's what God wants us to understand. My life is not about me. My life is not about me. It ain't about me. I've been bought with a price. I'm just the clay. The potter's in control. He's not there to fulfill my dreams. I'm here to fulfill his dreams. He's not there to answer my prayers. I'm here to answer his prayers. is Rufus so somebody somebody has a co-worker named Rufus who, come on who is it somebody's got a co-worker named Rufus I don't know who you are where you are come on just wait a minute just think for a minute they may go by an initial and you may have forgot it but you know you got one I just keep hearing the name Rufus and I'm not going to quit till I Till I know what God is saying. I'm not, I'm not, don't worry, I'm not sweating it. I know God. There's a Rufus. Maybe in this room. I'm going to outlast you. I'm not nervous. My God, my God. 
I'm going to wait on you, but I'm going to move on at the same time. I'll come back to it. I'm, I, 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 got, I got nothing to worry about. I'm not prideful or arrogant. Come on, everybody. I just know I'm here in the name Rufus. God wants to bring a fresh anointing on this place today. Listen, listen. Don't ever misunderstand something like this. You have no idea the way God orchestrates and orders things. It's just like a father in the home. There's fathers in this room. You need a new anointing. Your kids are going from adolescence to teenage. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You need a fresh anointing. You better not deal with your teens the way you dealt with your adolescence. You want to turn that shaking into something fresh and new and deep. I'm going to ask people to come and, and just come on up here, Pastor. I don't want you to make a line behind them, but I want you to, I want you to position yourself behind them. And, and that doesn't mean you have to actually be behind them, but you position yourself in your heart and in your mind. You begin to say, God, I want them to have a fresh anointing because I need a new anointing. I need a fresh anointing. There's some wives that need a fresh anointing. There's some husbands that need a fresh anointing. There's leaders in this church that need a fresh anointing. You need, to, you need to do two things right now. Just begin to thank God. God, thank you that you're not saying my old anointing was bad. You're not saying I wasn't anointed. Thank you, God, that you anointed me. Some of you need to start thinking, I, I remember, God, when you enabled me to do that. I remember when you anointed me to do that, God. I remember when I prayed and you answered. I remember when you first gave me a revelation of this promise and I claimed it and I saw what you did. Come on, some of us need to go back for a minute. Will you do that? Just go back for a minute and begin to thank God for what he's done in the past in your life. You, you, you need to remember some things that God did, how he anointed you, how he empowered you, how he blessed you how he saved you how he saved your family how he brought your family in how he opened up new doors how he used you in a, in a service to testify how he used you praying for somebody you need to remember those days for a minute and thank God for the anointing thank you Father thank you for everything you've done thank you for the people that's been saved even in this last season here at McCullough thank you Father for every ministry that's being birthed thank you Father Thank you, Father, for every healing that's taken place. Thank you, God, for every family that's been restored, every marriage that's been healed, every backslider that's come home, every drug addict that's been delivered. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the anointing of God. We thank you for the anointing of God. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. But God, I need something fresh. I need something fresh. Come on, you're, you're at a Sabbath moment right now. You're at a Sabbath. Look back. 
Look back for a minute and say, God, thank you I made it. It's been hell. It's been rough, God. I I thought I was dying. I thought I was going to lose everything, God. I didn't think I'd make it through this last season. I've been rejected. My heart has been broken, God. I've been disappointed, Father. I've been discouraged. My faith has been shaken, God. I didn't know if I'd make it, but I'm here today. I made it, God. I made it. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And I made it. I let go of the past. I let go. I forgive every person that tried to ruin my life. I shake off every pain. I released every heartache. Come on. Some of you need to just wipe it off and say it's over. Some of you need to shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. And you need to say, God, I made it. I made it. I made it. I made it. I'm not not living on the streets. I'm not in a psych ward. I made it. I shouldn't be here, but I made it. I made it, I made it, I made it, I made it. Thank you, God. Come on, can we lift our hands a minute? Thank you, God, I made it. I made it. I made it. I made it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want y'all to stop just one minute, just one second, please. Just stop playing for just one second. I'm not a singer. I'm going to massacre this. But I, I got to do what I feel the Holy Spirit saying right now. Now listen to me. Take a deep breath. It's a new season. I don't know what it means. I don't know what lies in front of us. I got no clue what they're going to look like, smell like, sound like. I don't know which one God's going to start with in my family. Oh, I know which one I hope it. No, I mean... <laughs> I don't know what he's about to do. God, give us the Holy Ghost jitterbugs. We're in our stomach. We're like, oh, my God. I don't know what's going to happen. But it don't matter. Because here's the promise. When I get there, and when it begins to happen, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. It's an old song. It's an old song, but I want to sing it one time. It's a new season, it's a new day, a fresh anointing is coming my way, it's a spirit of power and prosperity, it's a new season coming to me put your hands up it's a new season it's a new day a fresh anointing is coming my way claim it it's a season of power and prosperity it's a new season coming come on sing it and make it personal it's a new season it's a new day it's a new day a fresh anointing a fresh anointing is coming my way it's a season of power it's a season of and parity it's a new season coming to me. 
Glory to God. Now listen, 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 listen. Put your hands up, put your hands up. I'm not going to lay my hands on everybody. But listen to me, I believe this. I believe this. You don't need my anointing anyway. My hand is not important. It's God's hand that's important. But listen, listen. I just believe God. As crazy as it sounds, as far out as it can be sometimes, I just believe God. So I'm going to lay hands on Pastor. But I believe as I lay hands on them, God's going to lay his hand on every one of you. On every one of you. On every one of you, receive it right now. Just get ready to receive it right now. Just say, God, I receive this anointing right now. I receive.